Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And the title of tonight's show is called Not Enough. And there's actually a syndrome called Not Enough, and some of the symptoms of that are excessive stress, anger and irritation at the public in general, competitive nature with others that's kind of hyper-competitive, uh, feelings of envy, feelings of failure, defensiveness, and fear of being left behind are all symptoms of the not enough syndrome. Throughout all of our time on Earth, our evolution, there's never been a time where there was too much, so we never really ever got that lid, that ceiling. Yeah. Like if you drink a full glass of water and you feel satisfied, you'll stop drinking. Mm. I've had enough water. We don't have a lot of mechanisms like that because, I mean, even when I was a kid, getting a record player would have been like this really big thing. And so we didn't have to worry about having too much or not having enough. But now we have access to pretty much everything and yet we're still having those feelings of not enough that draw us in and make us feel these things that I just read. Well, the foundation of this experience is uh, that we've been taught everything is outside of us from the very, very beginning. Not of the epic of mankind, the beginning of your life, we're all taught that it's out there. In the, the language codes, I had um, long and interesting back and forth with one of the editors where I was saying that um, questions are, as uh, James Redfield mentioned, they're, they're a form of energy theft. You know that, don't you? Okay, see, I just stole your energy, you're paying attention. Okay, so uh, this idea of uh, phrasing something as a question in your thinking automatically externalizes it because the answer, to quote Mulder, is out there somewhere, but it's not, and it never was. It's inside, and so anything that we might feel we have lack about, lack mentality, uh, that is within us. There is the idea, uh, I believe the Native Americans are credited for this quote, uh, that if you had nothing, you would have everything. Although that could have been a European philosopher, in fact the Tibetans, but nonetheless, if you had nothing, if you had nothing, you would have everything. If you have a boat, you have all the real estate on the planet that's accessible by water anyhow. You know, in other words, our thinking is just once again backwards, you know. What's well, so, that expression that if you make a fist, you only have the air in your fist. If you open your hand, you have the whole universe on yeah, your palm. Yeah, the exact. Uh, yes, and now we live in a hyper society that has been tattooed with uh, lack with uh, not having enough. And the truth of the matter is, you have enough. I'll wait while you realize that. No, we don't have that much time. We're only an hour show. Well, so realize you have enough. Yeah, and I think a lot of people have gotten this idea that for us to be motivated and ambitious, that just the idea of being ambitious is draining like you wouldn't believe. Ambition just says you're not where you're supposed to be or where you want to be or where you choose to be and therefore something's wrong. And so you're constantly spinning your wheels to get out of where you are because of that idea of ambition. And 
the thing is, is there are a lot of people out there that may not have everything that they need that to, for basic human life, okay? Uh, that's, that's, you know, as, you know, I'm not going to say that that isn't true, but for the most part, if you're living in the D.C. metropolitan area, you probably have it better than most anybody in this country except uh, maybe a few other cities. But if you go out to West Virginia and Ohio, uh, I, I've said this on the show before, we go out to Ohio to the Serpent Mound, and as a matter of fact, we're going to be doing that this month, and we go visit our lovely friends in Portsmouth and, and in other places throughout uh, Ohio. And the, the standard of living out there is far less than it is here. Like the person that feels like they're just barely making it here would probably be a, a higher standard of living if you go there. But yet, they're not fixated on money for the most part. They're all kind and they share. And I mentioned this to a friend of ours, Debbie, who um, I, I mentioned that we, we would go there and teach a class and people would bring food and it may be all that they have, but they just share. Everybody just shares food. And she said that's because nobody has money there, so people become more important than the money. And it just lets you see that the more you get, the more impoverished you feel often. And so what is it that you're really looking for? What is the thing that's, ins that's insatiable? And I can guarantee it's not an object. It's some emotion. It's some feeling. It's something that you didn't get from someone or something in the past that now you are using money as a representation of love. So if you get to the core issue, the real issue, your feelings of not enough go away because all feelings of not enough are emotional. And therein lies the keys because it is the ability. So let's say you accomplish something. Well, I got out of bed. Good enough. Okay. Now, how long does that, is that satisfaction for you? How long is that? You don't even remember getting out of bed, right? It had no, but yet it was a major accomplishment. Um, and we don't think of ourselves as uh, beings who constantly accomplish things because we're taught that <clears throat> getting out of bed, why, that's nothing. <coughs> I get out of bed, I go back to bed four or five times. I get up four or five times. And that's satisfaction. I have getting out of bed satisfaction. Now, all of this is nonsense. Our ability to be satisfied doesn't last a nanosecond. It doesn't. Oh, great, next. That was uh, next. You know, and we're caught in this constant flapping noise that is our life where, you know, as you've said, the, you've done this entire inbox full of work and you're, you're sitting there going, oh boy, I did all, and then the boss dumps without thank you, without this, without that. Yeah, and so the satisfaction quotient is close to zero and therefore the um, not enough syndrome, was it in? NES. NES has taken over the society, which is at the same time humorous as it is tragic, as it is boring, as it is not necessary, as it is easily cured, than not having enough. So what is it you don't have enough of? Um, well, that boils down, really boiling it down, that comes to attention. You don't get enough attention or claim or acclaim or fame or uh, acknowledgement or you just don't get enough attention. 
Okay, because attention is out there and you have to go get it. And actually you don't because it's the only attention that counts in the universe is once again, uh, what is that again? Please phone in. The only attention that counts is your attention. If I am doing something that I like, I can be internally happy. I really, I do a painting, I really like the painting or no one sees it because I didn't like it, you know, so I'm my own feedback loop of satisfaction in that sense. And well, I think... Well, I've seen me do a painting that took weeks, longer, and uh, I'm happy with the way it came out. And then a few minutes later, I'm going, well, what's the next sketch? What's the next idea? That buffer between. Well, so I I'm think, seeing how this works. Well, creativity comes like this. We do get bored or we are done with something. We mm -hmm. start getting into that uh, mindset. What that does is it opens up. It's the same cycle as a plant. It drops its seed, the seed germinates, the plant breaks the surface, it flowers, new seeds are created, etc. And the creation cycle is like that. And what we have always denied ourselves in the creation cycle is the satisfaction part. And that's yeah. what you were referring to earlier in my story of working at work. I had a number of jobs where it would be at such a pace, we'd have this huge project that we would get done and nobody would say, okay, good job, ha, yay, we did a good job, look, we did this. Uh, and it's in a way it's like quality assurance, but more, it's, it's a satisfaction. Yeah. Because then we were on to the next thing and I remember saying to my boss, it, it's like swimming in the ocean, you need to give us a rock to climb on or something once in a while, or it would serve us better to do that. But with that um, said, that idea of, of being satisfied and allowing ourselves that moment of satisfaction, it's critical. That's why we're unfulfilled and we will go further. That's why when people eat and they feel guilty when they eat, there is no satisfaction, so they're still emotionally hungry and will continue to eat. That makes them more guilty, they get less satisfied, and yeah. so there's no connection there. There's all these little NES uh, cycles spinning. I know, I have NES right here. Yes, well, now that we know what it okay, means, so get over it. You said something else before we go further that I think is a really good thing to point out. Okay. It, it is the idea of uh, past accomplishments, like not being able to rest on your laurels. It is true that we've all done great things in our life, um, and we, uh, we often don't do them from a sense of accomplishment or satisfaction in the doing. We do it for this non-stop insatiable desire for attention. Yeah. We are rude, we write terrible comments on people's Facebook pages or on uh, critiques for uh, that's products. always funny. And every time we do that, uh, you know, this rudeness, writing things on Facebook pages and things like that, the passive aggressive posts, is because there is an emotional hole or wound that we are attempting to get. So we are forever attempting to get our parents' love and attention through our bosses and through our creditors and things like that. Love gets substituted with money so that we can see it. Oh, very, yeah. Another thing that this whole thing throws off is a sense of balance, which is the byproduct of being satisfied, is balance. You know, you've, you've worked, you've been rewarded for it, you're satisfied, you've had the null set in the system, and then you are, by our nature, going to take on whatever the next thing is. 
Okay. Now, since we're never satisfied, then we never go into the next project in a balanced way. We go in, in, in fact, a very unbalanced way, which is how you get all these comments on Facebook, whatever they are. And I, they're, I would bother to read them, but they're, because they're funny. But, you know, the amount of, as you're saying... Well, comments the, everywhere. Just yeah, everybody's a okay. critic now. Um, yeah, so the idea of um, being on balance isn't natural to us anymore. And in fact, if you're balanced, hi, I'm balanced. Uh, people are going to be upset. How dare you be balanced? I live a life that's a tightrope, and I'm, I'm underneath the tightrope moving along with my toes. And that's what my life feels like, and as funny as that image is. Um, so this idea of, uh, so why don't you have any balance? Well, because you don't have any authority. You don't have any sovereignty. You don't have, uh, and we've said countless times, there's one and only one authority figure on this planet, and that would be you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this, is, this has to come about that we are in charge of what's going on in our life instead of constantly in this off-balance reaction to somebody else's off-balance reaction to somebody else's... Well, it just shows you that too much does throw you off-balance. It's like the squirrel information from a long time ago. Yeah, the squirrels, why don't you repeat that? The squirrels, this was probably 15, 14 years ago or so, the squirrels that we fed every day, uh, we were late getting peanuts out to them, and they got very aggressive when you didn't feed them. Sometimes they'd, like, jump on your leg and, and all this. So one day, they chewed off all the tomato plants. They didn't eat them. They just did it and had this angry look staring in the sliding glass door. And these were great, beautiful, healthy tomato plants with tomatoes all over them. So I did some automatic writing. Why did they do that? And it said that in nature, there's a certain amount of energy we expend to acquire something or obtain something. And that energy is spent, then we get the object. If the object or the thing is given to us, that energy has to go somewhere, and it usually comes in hostility. Or in, uh, like, getting angry, oh, mashed potatoes again? Um, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, very so, well So, um, and that when we have to put an effort into something, and it's not work, and it's not struggle, and it's not hard times, so don't interpret it that way. It's just an effort, like reaching out for it a choice to get it, it's like you're participating in it, uh, it does an entirely different thing. So I was wondering, what is the difference between our generation and our parents' generations who tended to be very grateful for things? They had hard times, yes, the depression and everything, but their reaction to that was for the most part to take care of their kids, which is us, in the best way they could. So we got an overabundance of love, and therefore we feel insatiable for more love. Yeah. Is that an addiction for love? Or is it because we overdid our capacity and we no longer could see it or appreciate it? Well, the same as the squirrels, when you give the kids absolutely everything, they You're have- You're giving them nothing, really. Yeah, and they have no sense of value for anything. And all they are is just completely resentful of everyone and everything. And nature being nature will balance this thing again, because if there's one and only one thing the universe does, and that's really one thing, which is that it's, it never quite achieves balance because everything would stop 
if it was perfectly balanced, but it wants to move it from extremely unbalanced to closer to balanced as mm -hmm. an overall yep, program that the uh, universe does activate. So all of this can be more easily understood at a higher frequency. Uh, and in fact, that's basically the whole point is uh, techniques by which you can raise your frequency rather than uh, being caught in the uh, knee-jerk reaction uh, to years later have the actual response to what happened, which was, did not mean to do that uh, because I was reacting now that I would prefer to respond what I would have done. And we've all been through that particular epic of consciousness. Uh, so then how do we, what techniques by which uh, we gain a higher level of um, awareness, a higher level of consciousness. And so, once again, this sh program has brought us to the conclusion that meditation is uh, such an essential tool in we as a race, and we are ascending, we have just begun the transformative part of the ascension. Uh, the phone call where the woman had the uh, blip in time occur mm -hmm. was a very profound piece of evidence that we are actually entering the, um, yeah, uh, I, forgive I me for not remembering your name. The, um, no forgiveness. No, uh, well, I would have, but I didn't. Yeah. So um, that's that fine. Did not mean to distract it that much, just this idea that the transmutation is occurring now. I know, I remember there was a period of time when those blips were happening quite frequently. Mm -hmm. But you know what, yeah, you're bringing up an excellent point, meditation is a wonderful way because it pulls you into the moment. When we are programmed to think that everything of value exists in another space or time or in another location or in another idea or in tomorrow's creation rather than today's, we can't, we're not in the moment. And that's where really everything exists is in the moment. It's where spirit and flesh intersect is in the now. So we really have to live there. So meditation is a wonderful thing. Meditation also contributes to bringing about a perspective change. So I'll, I'll give you an example. I know people say that we have to live through hardship in order to appreciate the good. I do not believe that we do, but we can certainly learn from things. I watched a movie back in the 70s. I don't remember when it came out, but Soylent Green. Do you guys remember Soylent Green? Oh yeah. Okay, it came on the TV and I watched it. And at the time I was living in this really awful apartment. It was just a really yucky apartment. Let's just put it that way. And every day I woke up, it's like, ugh. You know, it was just something that was permeating me. I had a perspective change, because I watched Soylent Green, and in Soylent Green, the really lucky, quote unquote, people, and the wealthy, and the really fortunate people had little dingy apartments. Everybody else was living out on the street. And I looked around, and I remember that moment. I realized, even though if I look back, I was very impoverished, and I'm putting that in quotes, at that time in my life. When I looked at my life, I knew from that moment that I could either be happy or sad, depending on what I was comparing this to. If I was comparing it to all the other people um, that had these great big huge mega mansions, then I felt poor. If I compared myself to these people that had no place to lock a door, I was, I was so wealthy. I had running water, I had hot water. So the idea, instead of getting wrapped up in this think and grow rich mentality and uh, this, this uh, always 
uh, only focusing on vision boards and, and things that you feel you can't have but you're attempting to create, in a many ways that makes you feel sparse right now. We are designed to get into that idea of comparison, but maybe you can transcend this and no longer compare, or if you do, always make it to your advantage. And that advantage is you coming out on top and being happy rather than you losing and being less. Because the goal ultimately is to feel satisfied. You don't have to have a million dollars to feel satisfied. You can choose to feel satisfied now. And then you're not hooked into the idea of a million dollars. Well, unhooking is basically what this, is all, what this program is about, what this whole That's true. world is about. We are, by the way, live. Uh, you can call us right now We're if you would like baby. to talk about um, what it is you don't feel you have enough of. Maybe we can assist you to mm. modify your perspective to recognize that you really do have um, much more than you would imagine you have. The, um, there was a movie called G, I believe that was the name of it, just the letter G anyhow. Eddie Murphy starred in it and he was a guy who uh, was just walking along. He was in a long white robe just walking along in um, Beverly Hills because that's where they shot the movie, but nonetheless. And he would just uh, fall into people's lives and he would get them all excited and they would change their whole lives. And then he would just fall out of their life and into the next one. He never had a location, he never had an address, he never had anything other than the particular things that he wore, but he was always the same throughout the movie. So but like Kung Fu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well that idea too, that he was just so totally free that he didn't have an address. Now that's free. You know, and, and he had so- had a pair of pants though. Well, it was really kind of a long robe that he walked around in. Well, he didn't have a dress, so I figured he must have something else to wear. A robe, yeah, okay. So wherever I was on that, the idea that um, you, you are that free, you just don't know it. Well, that's And you the could point. even raise children like that or all the rest of it. Yeah, the, the, I agree with the point. Instead of focusing on what you don't have, what is it that you do have? Because you're right. What you're bringing up is a very beautiful point. He had freedom. He didn't have to maintain the lawn. He didn't have to worry about making the mortgage payment. And he just he had, had freedom. fun. He also had or, an enormous amount of fun. Or you can have a great job and make a lot of money and feel very secure, and that's okay too. But we have this idea of grass being greener on the other side. At one time, we had to have that in order for the species to propagate and become large and vast and cover the earth. We had to see something over there as being better. Oh, absolutely. Again, please call in if you would like because you'll ha hear some very valuable information about what it is that may be concerning you in this. I just uh, recently, in your life, I just recently uh, rewatched The Matrix, which I just thought was, and for the entire 20th century, if you had to name one picture, I would go with The Matrix, and the reason is that it did get across to you very clearly that all of this is your creation. You keep telling everything what it is and it responds to you. Now in The Matrix everybody was broadcasting fear and that kept becoming, but you don't have to broadcast fear. You can broadcast, um, well, happiness, joy, love, consciousness. The list is really rather endless as to what you can choose to cause, um, that you cause to exist. and. We're in charge of all of it, the entire fallacy that 
reality is solid and fixed and we are somehow some transient vapor in it. It's the other way around. Reality is the transient vapor and we are the fixed item. We tell it what to do. We constantly tell it what to do. And anything that's resulted in your life that was unfavorable, you can go back and find the exact moment when you okayed that decision. You do have to think. I didn't mean to wake any, uh, to upset anyone. But once you can find the point at which you told reality to do that, then you can tell it to do something else. But this happens every day. Now in the world we live in, you're shattered out of your sleep so there's no dream access by an alarm clock and then you motor to work along with all the other. And I've said you really cannot say the word idiot on the planet Earth because no one will know who you're talking about. And then when you get to work you're endlessly bound to these presupposed guilt manipulations because you're there to make money and, and you have to do something you don't like to make money, at least that's what we're taught. No, and all of this programming well, yeah, is bottom, more than boring. Yeah, and the bottom line is uh, happiness really is at hand. It is in the moment and you can have whatever, yes, it's right there in your hands. It is, it's possible. Do, does everybody succeed at that at every minute? No, probably not. Will any human being really succeed at that all the time? No. You can go to the most famous gurus in the world. They're going to have days where they snap at people, they get upset, and they do these things. But the bottom line is you get back on your horse and you ride, and your horse is your own power. Yeah. And so if if you look at your life and just look at it now, and this is something I used to do many years ago, is I pretended that I asked for everything. And I had a past life experience. One time Neville was um, leading a group uh, back into past lives. And so I decided to go along for the ride. <coughs> and I had this lifetime where I was a woman in Cornwall and I had a handicapped son. I had a challenged, uh, challenged son and my husband had died in a war and the only way I could make any money is my job was to take hay and put it on the road so the wagons and the horses didn't get stuck in the mud when it rained. So when I went into this life I woke up that morning and it was raining. Now the me today would probably go, oh it's raining, that means I have to go out and put all this hay everywhere and get cold and wet. But well, maybe not always me, but maybe I'd have days like that. But what she did is she goes, oh, it's raining. Thank you. That's just what I asked for. And she had this joy about her. She took everything that came into her life as if she asked for it. And the truth, we do. I, don't, I can't always explain why. It doesn't always make sense, but I do believe we do. It's a powerful way to live. And if one is fiction, then both are fiction. And, and, and if choosing our reality is fiction, then not choosing our reality is fiction. So it's really just a choice how you want to see reality and that will have a bearing. But she had such happiness. I remember she looked into the son, uh, face of her son and said, oh, you are just what I asked for, everything about you. And I tell you that feeling, I can still feel that. And I stepped into it for many years whenever I had those moments that, yeah. that were not like that. Um, you know, where I wasn't mm -hmm. feeling that way and mm -hmm. I can draw upon that. So I would offer you that experience of that life to just wake up in the morning and everything that you come across just say, thank you God, thank you universe, that's exactly what I asked for. And what you will find 
is then you are in charge of it by having yes. that perspective. And that's my other point, that you are creating this. You are doing whatever your life is, you've told it to be that exactly. You've told it to do that, and it has obeyed you perfectly. Now, if we can get above this enough to see, well, then I'm going to choose to create more fun. I'm going to choose to create. Yeah. And we're in charge of the whole thing, and the word for that is sovereignty. We have sovereignty. We do. We just have been uh, annihilated by the programming that has been in our life from the very beginning. One, two, three, switched off. And we'll go to um, an interesting... I spent a, a long time on this particular painting, um, which is called the... Um, and I've, I've altered it again. This, um, this is a tree that exists in another dimension, really, call it my imagination. And each of the little hearts on it are half ear and half heart. And so then, of course, this would be the idea of uh, listening to your heart, which is correct. Now, uh, coming upon a tree that has all these ears on it, you would assume that you were to talk to the tree. This would be the listening a tree, but it's actually asking you to listen, because this seems to be the mirror that nature just loves to provide us. Whatever it is you're looking at, will you would please at least consider that the opposite of what your impression is, is true. So that you can now quadruple, I would say double, but it really quadruples. See what it said double? No, it's really quadruple because you open other senses, you open other inputs, you open to... Now, what would I say to the listening tree or what would I hear from the listening tree? Well, that would be the Mother Earth and we have no... Uh, we, we don't seem to have any respect whatsoever for the Mother Earth. There's no company... That, uh, yeah, give us that one. There's no company that goes past the next quarter. There's no... Uh, nobody gets it when you throw litter away. Nobody gets it when you burn gasoline. Nobody gets it, period. Nobody gets it that the atomic bomb blast that went off in the 60s and 70s mm -hmm. the reason that we have uh, AIDS and all this stuff. Newman. Newman. <laughs> Okay, um, so this was the first painting uh, that came up in my thinking. What, explain Newman then, because everybody it, in the it was studios... A, I, I'm sorry, it was um, on Seinfeld. One time Newman got on his soapbox, there is no such thing as junk mail, when he's like spoon-feeding yeah, his dialogue yeah. to Kramer. Okay. And he goes, Newman, I'm sorry. It was just because... Yeah, yeah I, I didn't remember It was just a joke. Yeah, okay, so here's the idea of listening to your heart, correct. That's so beautiful. if I'm listening to the tree, then it would be talking about the mother, Earth's heart. That was the point of the uh, other painting, that um, we don't listen to the mother Earth whatsoever. We don't. We presume everything is ours because it exists, and we presume that we have absolutely no um, part other than the receiving part of it, is getting eerie, isn't You're it? inside your own heart and ear. That's interesting. Yes, Listen to you, Yes, it goes right you know? across, yeah. Well, I do, but I get bored. <laughs> bored with saying it so many times. But yes, uh, there we are back again. Okay, so this idea of actually listening to the Earth, what would the Earth be saying? There's all of the volcanoes that are going off. Is the Earth bubbling up? The tsunami, um, one of the... <laughs> 
let's see somebody surface an army. Okay, I'm back now. That would be an amazing uh, emotional upheaval is what a tsunami is. The, uh, we're, oh, right now in Virginia here, we're playing with the relentless storms. That is the um, uh, tears being shed. Uh, the lightning is a form of anger. All of this is, is all real. I mean, when you get to the point where you are so angry that you strike lightning, and that's not too far afield to understand, you, you know, this bolt of energy that's um, uh, unmastered emotion that's just going out there to um, do damage. Yeah, I remember in the Seth books, it definitely talked about weather was a way, like um, when you're in a large area and we have these collective emotions, that weather does get affected uh, by your temporal lobes and, and the balancing of that. But Seth was talking about that when human consciousness has a lot of upset feelings and everything, yeah. the weather metabolizes that oh, for, sure. for it. So if we look at the weather, it's because we have so much of an emotional uh, imbalance because we think that we have this opportunity to satisfy these old holes in our heart. And it's not the true source of the hole, and so we're insatiable. Yeah. And so, never going to find yeah, it in that way. Yeah. But I, I was uh, um, thinking we, we would do a little exercise. Oh, good. So everybody think of something that you feel you don't have enough of in your life. Is it your boss's attention? Is it your husband's, wife's attention? Is it money? Is it uh, space? Is it time? What is it? Now think of what one comes to the top of the list. Uh, what comes to the top of the list? So do you have that in your mind? Now, I want you to consider how much would be enough if you had that, if you, and what that looks like. Think about that. What would it be? Oh, that's good. What would be enough? And what's the least amount that would be enough? And can you even picture having enough? What, what would what would you still feel unsafe about if you had the quantity that you're thinking of? Let's say you think, if I have a million dollars, that's what that would be enough. Now think of having a million dollars and paying off your house, now you have about 500,000 or whatever. Like, is that enough? And then you're probably gonna say, nope, 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 that's not enough. Because safety is not in an object, a thing, a condition, a person, uh, a feeling that's brought back to you, a recognition. Safety and security don't exist there. So I am just presenting the idea that there really won't ever be enough. So don't look for that in that. Anything that's painful is always about the past. All war is always about the past. And the weapons we use are really emotional. Yeah. They really are. It all stems from that. Mm -hmm. yeah, banks have been selling people the idea that they're going to outlive Social Security, they're going to, no matter how much money you have, you'll outlive it. I, I don't know what, yeah. but that's just, please, just, just, jeez, God. Well, that's because you know. we've got legal theft at the end of our life uh, in, yeah. in nursing homes and all this. It's, it's okay that they charge you 12000 a month for substandard care. Yes. Uh, that's the only problem. That's, it's not... Yeah, but that uh, you, you know, so that you cannot possibly, you can be secure right now. You can give up absolutely everything you have and own and just set off for a walk. Go south, because north is fairly cold, but nonetheless, 
<laughs> so that you don't have to worry about warming yourself. But if everybody just gave up right now, everybody quit your job, <clears throat> everybody do what it is you would love to do, yes, and the world would balance again. It's the nature of the world. And we wouldn't be bothered by tsunamis or earthquakes, or earthquakes is just plain anger. You know, this It's change, really. Yeah. It's resisted change. Mm -hmm. Because the things are moving and there's a resistance to it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Any change you resist long enough, it does. It's like uh, placing your attention on the faces of those walking toward you, not the rear yeah, ends exactly. of those walking away. Yeah. Because when people become rear ends in your life, that means you've held on too long. You didn't let the change happen naturally. And now they are rear ends. So if anybody is a rear end or walks out of your life, it's a good thing because you place your attention on who's coming in. They're just making space. Yeah, that is the nature of it. And so happiness, yes, that would be what one would be. Yeah, and what is I'm enough so happiness? I'm so happy. Yes. It's so fluffy. It's so fluffy. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So cute. Yeah. So give us a call. Let us know what we can do for you. We've, we've talked some of the most advanced, as far as I know, that I could certainly get a hold of methods of thinking, methods of feeling, yeah. methods of being uh, over along so those many lines. years. Let's do it for somebody brave enough to call in. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. uh, over the years, and I've heard a lot of people that have been doing what we've done for, been doing for a long time, putting the word out there long ago when it wasn't cool, we, Neville and I have really taken a brunt of a lot of persecution for what we do. Uh. It took me years to be able to metabolize that. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a, a brave thing to put yourself out there, especially back when we started doing this. Yeah. But a lot of the people feel that it was like, I was out there, I was out there in the 60s protesting this and that, and it's like, now it's nothing. You know, nobody remembers what I did. And I yeah. think that this, this well, we'll go ahead and go to the call. I'll finish that later. Uh, okay. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, guys. It's Victoria. How are you? Oh, hey. Good to yeah. hear from you. Yeah. How, what can we do I for was, you? I was listening to your call, and um, something came up. Um, you were talking about pain and it being related to past events, Mary? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay, so, you know, I've been working on myself trying to get through the ego and all the stuff that we hold on to. I don't want to carry it anymore. The deeper I get, something interesting is coming up, and I'm kind of having a hard time getting into it. It feels like this child inside of me is literally just crying and crying and crying. I've tried to get quiet and listen, and it's the same thing. I don't know. I'm just... I guess I'm scared to really let go and pay attention. I'm having a hell of a time trying to just get quiet and listen to it, but it's, it's getting stronger. The deeper I go, it's getting stronger. This child feels like she's taking a tantrum down there, and it's in my gut. I, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but when you get quiet, it's energy that, that's the power center, and that's where I'm holding it, I think. Yeah. Um, as a child, something happened, and you, what, do you, what happens is you can't deal with it. You suppress it. Mm -hmm. So I think what happens is as you go on, things keep layering and absolutely because of the pain. So if you have any suggestions, again, um, well, I'm trying well, I, to bring this up. Yes, and that's such a good thing to bring up because you're right. It always is sourced in the past. It truly is. And sometimes, like let's just say that you that's crying, that younger you, had a belief that it 
had to have whatever that was that it felt it lacked, whether that was love, approval, safety, or whatever. And so it cannot be uni united back until, number one, that event is removed, the influence of that event. But um, I'm kind of saying two things here. That's kind of a general thing. But what I was picking up specifically with you is that young you that's crying still believes she must connect with whatever that lack was in order to be happy. And so maybe what you do is talk to her and update her with the new idea that whatever it was that she did not get, she doesn't have to have. There is no quote unquote need for it for her to feel resolved. And it's almost as if she doesn't know that. Um, yeah. I, I, you I see what I mean? I yeah. know the answer, but there, there's, there's an emotional disconnect. And I'm trying to figure out how to patch it in. Well, yeah. Little, because sometimes but, it's just um, a matter of tapping and saying, even though I will never get the love and protection of my father, or whatever that may be, I choose to feel safe anyway, and I choose to claim myself. What were you going to yeah. say, Neville? Well, I first wanted, I did want to interrupt your working with this person in the technique you were about to do. So come back to that then in a moment. Okay. I just want, first of all, Caller, I want to compliment you for the fortitude, um, guts to go um, to pursue this, to find out what it is. In um, another, and your technique in a moment will be very valuable too. The, um, uh, what happens is that we're between lives and between lives we're very, very whole we are literally uh, aware of the fact that there's no division between us and everything else, um, monastic thought. Uh, it's all one thing. I cannot possibly be separated from it. The minute you sign on to the Earth incarnation, you agree to just about a total amnesia. And it takes, um, uh, the small child first becomes aware of self and then becomes aware of, um, other, uh, becomes aware of family, uh, aware of others, and if this child is a brilliant genius, by the end of the incarnation, they have become aware that it's all one thing and there's no possibility of being separated from it. And I think that's the core issue. When you signed on for the amnesia, that child knew that this wasn't enough information. The child knew that it was the huge, indescribably huge picture that it was. And we agreed to the amnesia in order to have experiences, in order to grow, in order to find our way back. And I think that's part of it. But please continue with what you were uh, um, talking to I her about. I really remember That exactly, she could never find what it was that would make her happy. Yeah. Can well, I just, well can let's... I, I want to tell you something. I've been working on this. I can't tell you. I can't. As, as important as it is, because we all have our path and we all have our lessons, I think at the core issue of every single human being on the planet that is feeling disconnected is rejection. But that goes, I'm going trying to get deeper than that because if you think about it, and here I go on my little soapbox, but um, as babies, we don't know that we're separate from anything else. The universe is in us and we are connected. So if you've had any abuse as a child, your mother abandoned you, your father abandoned you, the ego brain feels like it's losing love, like it's going to die. That baby feels like it's going to die. So there's some ego ego defense mechanism going on here. I'm pretty sure of it, but it's figuring out what it is. Well, I, even though I know the answer, there's something, there's something missing. 
Well, yes, and there always is. Now, here's the thing. This is just a simplistic way that I see it. And I do work at a very detailed level with people on these types of things. And I hear what you're saying. And sometimes we can go round and round, and it doesn't feel like we're getting anywhere. We always are. We're getting in a higher perspective of it. But I just pulled a quick card, and I know we're getting ready to do the duck, and I got trust. I wanted to see what would be the fastest way to get to the source. Whenever there is anything that happens, just like you're saying, that spoils our uh, view of the world initially and we feel separated or abandoned in any way, it's like a boulder that hits the stream and the water has to flow around. So on one hand, your ascended mindset that knows all this stuff is asking your primary self, that primitive aspect of us, to trust your reality. I know I, I'm spiritual, trust the reality, but until that part is um, understands why the separation is there or believes that the separation is no longer there, until that part feels safe to trust, it's going to be a battle forevermore. And so the trick is to find out what that boulder is, hit it, and then let the water become one at one with itself again. And I know we have the duck, but that was a... Uh, um, Anyway, let's further continue the conversation. Maybe even next week, Victoria, if you can call back, because it's excellent what you, what you yeah, brought thank up. Thank you very much for the call. Yeah, really appreciate and that. That's brilliant. Time for the duck. It's a holly jolly duck. Oh, that's a sacred holy duck. <laughs> and here's our Talk to Angler Rick, who's okay. also a floor manager. And a Mary's magical message card, love is in the air. Inhale it deeply, exhale your song. So watch for love tomorrow. You are going to find something, encounter someone that's going to make you feel so loved tomorrow. Watch for it. And this is the master of your life card, which I think is very interesting. Remember, you can choose how to how you feel and how you react to situations in your life. You are the master of yourself. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, that's the whole thing. And not just yourself, but the entire of it. And I know we're about to begin calls that um, we're going to do a meditation in the Arcturian to get us to a point where we can actually feel the universe, if this, at least when I did it, oh, yes, it got me there. Uh, we're having that come up. I'll, I'll, we'll come up with a date soon and post that. It's very valuable to come to yeah. that. We're also doing the bowls, not this weekend, but the following. I'm going to post that soon. This weekend, we're going to be at the Unity Church in Fairfax. I'm not sure if it's technically Fairfax or Vienna or Oakton or whatever, but it's the Unity on Hunter Mill Road, 1 to 5. So stop by and see us. It'd be great. Yeah, and a lot of other And things. a lot of other people. And we're going to be at Ruby Tuesdays after the show, about 15 minutes from now. And hello, caller. What's your name? Hi, it's Edith. Edith, what can hey. we do for you? I was just calling for a reading from Mary, and then I'll take the answer off the okay, air. Okay, thank you. Thanks a lot. It's always lovely to hear your voice. And let's see what we get. All right. Anyway, they're having a health fair at Unity, and we'll be there. Okay, the first card is stress. Usually what we're stressing about is really being out of control. Like this, per this person that's all stressed out of oh, that monkey gonna pop the balloon. Really, they are afraid the monkey's gonna make them get down on the ground, but getting down on the ground of their own accord would, would be very comforting. 
So it's like they want to go there, they want to get down on the ground so that they feel more stable, but they're afraid to do it. This can talk about you being afraid to make a move right now, whether it's leaving your job or, or changing something. Uh, yep, and then the next card validates this, the letting go. So there are some changes that are going on, and don't wait until, like we typically do, hold on until the end and then some, we have to hire some monkey to come pop the bubble for us. It's saying just step down on the ground, get into your power position right now, letting go of some things. I almost feel like there, there, you might have outgrown some uh, people or associations and it's not like in a negative way. It's just if you feel yourself getting like little petty little things happening, that means uh, maybe it's time to start looking at what's coming in. I feel like there's a, there are a couple people, maybe even a, a male presence that is going to be a very deep friendship with you. And the tiger can represent finding our passion. So what what's something that you get excited about? Sometimes we can feel like, well, I just don't get excited about anything anymore. But you, you do get excited. You just aren't looking at what that is right now. So Absolutely. explore. Yeah. And we have our next caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, my name is Dino. Hey, I'd like to uh, hear your voices, and uh, I'd like to get a reading, and I would like to wish you all a God blessing for both of you. Oh, well, thank well, you very thank much. Thank you. What a lovely thing to say. Excellent. Thank you. We mm -hmm. accept the, that blessing. Mm -hmm. it sounds lovely. Okay, so let's see what we get. All right. The first card is guilt. You know how we've talked on this show forever that that fear, guilt, doubt, and worry, yada, 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 mm -hmm. um, lead to uh, unhappiness and, and, and all that. Well, guilt is just the fog that keeps you from getting the message, the real story there. And you can see this beautiful blue sky up above. What it's saying is, look, <laughs> I know this sounds simple, but it's, it's really a, a life choice to do this and a, a path to walk on. It's saying, look at some of the things in your life that you may feel guilty about that it, this may be holding you back now. Like even if it was, I feel guilty because I didn't uh, take my mother, um, take the trash out for her and then, you know, something happened and then I felt like, oh, she took it out and she slipped and fell or whatever. Whatever that is from the past, let it go. Because you, even if we had to serve time for things in fractions in the past, you've already paid the debt. But the fact is you don't have to. Okay, so. These experiences, when not judged as the white hat, the good cowboy, or the black hat, the bad cowboy, whatever it was from our childhood, what these experiences do is bring you wisdom. You've gained a lot of wisdom, and I feel like you have a lot to share with people. And you may be even asked, being called to being a teacher right now. Informal, formal, I don't know. Um, it, it would be up to you and what you're most comfortable with. But share some of these experiences especially letting go of things that you feel are unresolved from the past. The seal is about contentment, being content with your life. It's kind of the subject of tonight. And it's not, oh, you're spoiled, you can't be content. It's literally, we're never taught how to be content. And so this is a new, and we're taught that we don't deserve to be content. It's not allowable, it's, that we'll stop, we'll stagnate, we'll fail. Uh -uh. Because what we want ambition for is to be content, so we can claim it at any time. That also comes up, the seal comes up, to say that you are getting a lot in your dreams right now. So please write them down. I think you'll get a lot of insight, maybe in some precognitive tips. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? 
My name is Ariel. And Ariel? you and Mary came into my life last summer. And I uh -huh. appreciate that very much. Uh -huh. Okay. Well, and I took your tarot class, Mary, over the summer. Hi there. Yes. Yes. It's so good to hear from you. And I was planning on meeting you at Unity this weekend as well. Oh, Wonderful. Excellent. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Now, would you like me to pull some cards? Please. Okay. Please. Yes. Wonderful. So I'll hang up now. Okay. Great. Thank you so much. All right. So the first card we get is the moment to moment. Oh, I tell you, you know how we, we were talking, I don't know if we were talking about this last week, but about living in the moment and just allowing things to uh, even if, yeah, to be, even if they weren't the right thing. I know, I get caught up in that too. I'll make plans and I get bent out of shape if the plans aren't working until I realize what I'm doing. But really, that's when those moments come where the things that we don't even think to ask for start showing up. And I feel like that's something you've worked on for the last few years, is just being in the moment, seeing what shows up, still being the commander though. Sometimes they seem like a contradiction, but they're not. And that, that's something you've been really mastering. The friendship card is, is also something I feel you've been working on, and that is becoming friends with yourself. Because friends really are, it's like you share the same pot, the same soil when you have a friend. And we have to sometimes um, get out of this intellectual game of w this is where my roots go, this is where you, yours are. Um, I know we're, we teach a lot in the world today about borders and having boundaries, but I tell you, boy, is that a lot of work. That's why in the Inner Wisdom cards I say boundaries aren't hard fixed walls, they're fluid points of choice. That's what we're really looking for. And I think now's the time to really look up for choice. And I did shuffle the cards, and here's the tiger telling you to find what you're passionate about. And it's not like, oh, I, I want to be a um, high, like what are those, um, plan driving out of a plane. It's not like you have to go pursue something out there. It's finding the passion that's sitting right in your heart right then and let it speak. Um, I, I feel like there may be someone in your life you're being led to open up and communicate a little more with. So thank Excellent. you. And we'll look okay. forward to seeing you Saturday. And. Uh, Oh, good. Okay. So we have done the program on Not Enough, okay, mm -hmm. which is a diabolical poisoning of the spirit. Not feeling that you're never having enough is the poverty mentality as such. This oh. is. And if it's not enough that makes you feel bad, like sometimes you can have that passion where it's, it's pulling you, like to create another painting. Yeah. That, that's very different. I, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. I just wanted but to mention But the cycle of satisfaction is what's been eclipsed. If you're not and satisfied. <laughs> yeah, and that's the point at which you can take command of this again. And uh, just to be happy with just being, you know, if you're driving to work, be happy you're driving to work. I've got a car, I'm driving to work. I'm surrounded by, pardon the expression, idiots. And again, we won't know who they are because this well, is the planet Earth, which is a real guideline. I keep repeating it because I think that's an important thing. Well, I know thing. we're down to our last minute. Um, so I would just like to say that my dream series is oh. recorded and available online. Oh, that's an and excellent series. And my psychic series. development series is also online and I'm going to be setting up a school with practice exercises mm -hmm. with that. Um, so if anybody's interested in taking the recorded uh, psychic development, let me know. Yeah, and I'm beginning palmistry and face reading that's as true. an apprentice sort of lovely um, beautiful format. things to know yeah uh, very it's helpful an unbelievable in your set life. of tools
-hmm. Yeah, shake hands, look at someone you know more than you would. <laughs> and you're allowed to know. And from the Matrix, which we've been doing every week from the Matrix, it's our job to take you to the door. And there is no spoon. And your choice to go through it or to not see the spoon. Thank you.